okay, so now I will also I will say that Herky is no longer living, but Jeff Webb would be very quick to correct you, and Herky would have too to say they were arch enemies because these are cheerleaders and they're very nice on the surface. So they uh, would never say that they were arch enemies. Well, I'm trying to build a story here, um, Doctor Adams. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, but they they, they they wouldn't have considered themselves arch enemies. No, no, they were um, they were always very publicly supportive um, of each other. Um, Herkimer, you know, would make a few snide remarks, um, but you would have to kind of know what he was talking about to really understand that he was making a snide remark uh, about the newly formed UCA, but certainly, um, yeah, and Herkey sold his business like in 1986, so, and got out of cheerleading, um, and so he and Jeff would certainly remained on good terms, so, um, but it, it was, they, it did very much represent a turn in cheerleading when, when Jeff, who had been working for NCA, he was pretty much seen as probably going to be taking over um, National Cheerleading Association after Herkey, and he ends up leaving at a very young age. I think he only, like, um, worked there for three years, I think. I'd, I have to go back and check that. But um, And then he decides, and he takes six of the the other people who were working with it with were working for Herky and they he formed his, his own company um U, UCA Universal Cheerleading Association which then later became Varsity and um one of the thing one of the reasons why he did that was that he did not think that Herky was keeping up with the times i mean you know this is the 1970s title 9 has passed um you know suddenly women or you know young girl girls and young women have lots of opportunities um to play sports and cheerleading is not the only game in town and um they were uh he felt like there needed to be a real um change in the style of cheerleading and he didn't think that Herky was really keeping up with the times and so they are really probably UCA and varsity are the ones that are really responsible for what people call the kind of more athletic turn in cheerleading um, with the kind of very extensive tumbling and pyramid building and, um, and you know, crazy stuff that's you know, throwing people up in the air and falling off pyramids to be caught, you know, and all of that. That was all of, that was Jeff Webb. And Jeff also is the one who um, started having the uh, nationally televised cheerleading competitions, um, which really then introduced um, a whole new aspect to cheerleading. And then a spinoff of that was then competitive cheerleading, which was is cheerleading, which is not associated with the team at all. It has nothing to do with cheering on, you know, the football players or basketball players. It's strictly about the cheerleaders themselves as athletes and competing. Um, so he was really, you know, he was very much responsible for doing that. Well, you, you jumped ahead of us, and I sense an extraordinarily pro Jeff Webb slant to what's going on here. <laughs> so I know what team you're that on. I know where you. <laughs> no, that is not. I know true. what side you're rooting that is for. Not true. So to speak. I love. I love Herky. I love Herky. Yeah. That is not true. At well, all. I do. Yes, no. I, well, before we get into, it, I do want to say because you mentioned that they weren't arch rivals. I am going to say that they were for the simple fact 
not only for a story point, but also because, as you mentioned, Jeff worked for Herky, learned under him the tutelage of the Herc, uh, and then went on to compete against yeah. him and essentially uh, change the put you know put him out of put him out to pasture in a way. Uh, but who is this guy? Who is Herky? Uh, let's talk about Lawrence Herkimer, and he was essentially like the modern prototype. Uh, I think you call him the father of cheerleading. Um, How did that work? Who was he? Absolutely, the father of modern cheerleading. Um, Well, Herky was a cheerleader himself um, in the late 1930s and um, went to Southern Methodist University. Uh, He was a cheerleader at North Dallas High School. Then he went to um, Southern Methodist University, left there. He was a gymnast um, and left there, served in the Navy, came back, then resumed cheering and um, he was the head cheerleader there he graduated um, he was asked to teach gymnastics at um, SMU and he started getting calls to come train cheerleaders because you have to at this time you know um, late 1940s early 1950s there wasn't any training for cheerleading Um, and you're you're, uh, you're jumping over an extraordinarily important point here especially in the world in the, the world of YouTube and Instagram that we live in now, he got those calls because he was photographed doing a bunch of bat, backflips. Like I think it was, you know, uh, a field long series of backflips and people thought this guy right. was amazing. Um, we need yeah. to train people. This is the guy to train. And that's when his phone kind of blew up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, he wasn't the only one. Actually, there were, um, we found a couple oh, of other people. Oh, he was the who, only who one. Was... He's the only one in this conversation. <laughs> there were others, well, there were, but they weren't there were, What I was going to say, they probably were. There were probably similar phone calls to other, you know, uh, male cheerleaders. Um, but Herky had the personality and the drive and the and um, the vision. I mean, he he had a vision, and so yeah, he gets these calls and says, you know, hey, we want we want to what you're doing you need to come teach to our people he offered his first cheerleading clinic um, when he was a senior at southern methodist at in 1948 oh wow and there were 52 people attended yeah that was a Um, clinic not a camp very important difference here right different (laughs) i don't know what it is but there's Uh, a difference sure (laughs) but he founded uh NCA, the National Cheerleading Association, uh, in 1953, and he started focusing, I mean, primarily, or focused first just on training, you know, cheerleading training, Um, and then, but in that, he recognized that there was also an untapped market for the cheerleading uniform and cheerleading accessories, um, because he realized that all these cheerleaders or their mothers are making their uniforms for them, right, from simplicity patterns. We can make the uniforms, mass-produced uniforms, and sell them. And um, and so he got into the cheerleading uniform business um, in addition to, you know, the cheerleading camp business. And um, he started um, – he, he also – his claim, real claim to fame is he invented the pom-pom, um, he got a patent for it in 1971. Um, a great story about that is that he was at a camp in Hawaii and he said the word pom-pom and a bunch of people started laughing and giggling and he found out that pom-pom 
was slang for uh, having sex. Boom, boom. And so he, yeah, so he changed it to Palm Pond. and that's the official name, correct? Because in your book, it's almost right. distracting because you spell it correctly every time. No, but that means you're an insider. Right. You I'm know. on the inside. You're an insider. It's you and I, we're on the inside. Yeah, if you say pom pom, yeah, you are not an yeah. insider. So. It's a hierarchy. We've established um, a hierarchy. And you and I are at the top, <laughs> exactly, and now yeah. everyone listening is at the top. We're at right. the top. Cause, yeah, because right. we know. Um, so yeah, he, he was quite a businessman and, um, and a big personality. I mean, you know, when I mean, he truly just had the, he embodied the cheerleader. He was positive and peppy and just, you know, um, it just, yeah, he was the epitome of a cheerleader and, um, made a whole, whole, whole lot of money doing that. And, um, and he was about the only game in town too. I mean, you know, the, the deal was you went to an NCA camp. Um, you know, I went to a little podunk high school in North Louisiana and it's what we look forward to. That was the biggest reason you wanted to be a cheerleader is because you got to go to cheerleading camp for a week on a college campus. And, um, so, you know, he's, he's responsible for all of that. So that is not true. I am not, um, <laughs> camp Jeff. I am, I, both of them, I think, were just, you know, extraordinary in, in how they took what was really an extracurricular activity and made a, you know, million-dollar, billion-dollar industry um, out of it. Um, I think they were both very, very um, important in doing that. Well, you know, I'm not going to let you walk back your allegiance to Jeff. You're on Team Jeff. You're not allowed <laughs> back on Team Herc. <laughs> Uh, but two things I want to mention about besides the pom-poms that, that Herkimer invented, he also created the Herky. I looked up a video on how to do the Herky, yeah. uh, which I'll, I'll post on yeah. the website and so you, everyone can learn how to, how to do that. It's very, very popular. Everyone's yeah. seen this, the move. It's, um, I'll let you take a look yeah. at it. Uh, yeah. And also the spirit stick. Uh, you, you mentioned mm-hmm. um, that he also invented that, which is more, again, we're giving you some inside stuff here, but that's what they give away at the cheerleading camps to show who has the most spirit, correct? Right. It's the, very, it's the most coveted award that you can get at, um, at cheerleading camp. And, and he it just kind of came, came about as a lark. He was at a camp at uh, Redlands University in California, and there was a squad there that they weren't really good in terms of, <laughs> right. you know, cheerleading skills, right. but they had a lot of pep and spirit. And supposedly he just went over to a tree and, you know, snapped off a little limb and gave it to him and said, hey, this is the spirit stick because y'all are the most spirited squad here. And it came to that morphed into it's literally a red, white and blue stick that's all it is and it is given out every night to um and it's very hard to get it um it's given out every night to the the squads that you know best illustrate what cheerleading is about which is not just about skills and execution it's about having the right attitude showing up on time being peppy all of that and then to bring it home is what is really the most coveted thing because it is a, only a very, very, very few squads um, bring home the spirit stick. My squad never brought home the spirit stick. Yeah, I, 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 I can, I can hear that in your voice—the disappointment. <laughs> um, and I feel like if anything has not. sent you down the path of studying cheerleading, is to really figure out why you didn't get the spirit stick. If I'm understanding you correctly. 
Is that right? Well, it it hurts. Well, yes, and it is funny that I have that my funny or tragic. Very well, my two very best friends from high school, and we're still friends. Um, and we were talking about cheerleading um, not too long ago, and we were all head cheerleader, but we're we were all that that's a term that you're the in charge, right? But we're three years apart. So my friend Sandy was head cheerleader. Then my best friend Joanne was head cheerleader. And then I was the head cheerleader. And um, Sandy to this day is still very, very, very upset that we never got the spirit stick. And she blames it really on Joanne and me because at camp, we really didn't take things seriously. We had a lot of fun. Oh, and um, and you guys are still friends. She, She's still yes. friends with you after that. And we're still wow. friends, but she just still brings that up that we um, we didn't win the spirit stick because we didn't listen to her and, and show the right attitude. So yeah, yes. So maybe yeah, maybe I'm working out all of this. I think you are. I, I would have to say I think she's an extraordinarily forgiving person, and I think if there's a hero in all of this, she's the one. <laughs> Um, if I'm, if I'm allowed to have an opinion on that, I am going to tell her that please and you're do. going to make her day. Yeah, please do. Yeah, have her, have her listen to this. You, you know, and not to, not to downplay the spirit stick, cause obviously you've built your entire career and, you know, possibly your life around it, but it sounds like initially it was the first participation award. I mean, literally the team that sucked the worst got a stick off a tree, um, that, you know, turned into something important, but was kind of a participation trophy in a way, right? Well, no, not really. I mean, I think that's how it began. Um, but it it really evolved by the time that I was at camp, and it's like this, because, again, my daughter went to these camps, too, and they still had the spirit stick. Um, it it really was supposed – it would go to the squad that was kind of good at everything, really. So it wasn't participation. It was actually the the, the squad – that, you know, was good at, at skills, but they were also very, you know, if if the session started at 11 o'clock, they were there at 1045, right, on the front row. Um, they were, um, you know, always, you know, cheering when they were walking to, to you know, go to the cafeteria to eat. They're going to be all cheering together and putting on at least I would always think it was front that they all really liked each other and got along great. And um, so, and yeah, occasionally, occasionally there would there, yes. Occasionally there is a squad that may not be very good in terms of execution of skills, but they embody, they just super embody the other parts of cheerleading. And so, yes, they may get it, but um, you know, and, and they were very, but, but, and also different from participation trophies, these were very hard to get. So you may have, you know, a, a camp with 300 teams uh, or squads, and only five people maybe would get the cheer. You know, only I mean only five um, squads would get to bring the cheerleading. I mean the spirit stick home. So it was it was pretty it was very competitive actually. It sounds very important to you. I, I would say that you know, <laughs> and you mentioned in your book really quickly to put a button on this. There are lots of you know non high school non college aged cheerleaders. I mean, there's there's professional groups. You know, you could get into one of these, and you can still you know get to get the band back together. I think a spirit stick <laughs> is possible in your future. You can do it. Um, you just got to rally um, oh. Joanne and and. Um, yeah. 
And Sandy, and Sandy. yeah. Who was the one who wanted it? Who, was, who were the goof-offs? It was you and Joanne? Sandy. Sandy wanted it? Yeah, Sandy wanted it really badly. And Sandy's the one who worked for Varsity. <sighs> she was my... She was the one that she was able to get me in to be able to talk to all the big dogs at Varsity. Wow, I would not have done – no way. I would have been like, oh, hey, look where I am. You want to talk to people at Varsity? Go out get me a spirit stick, Natalie. How about that? Right. Uh, but you guys can get the band back together. Yeah. It could be in your future. I'm, I'm predicting it. Um, well, yeah. now let's talk about – now we got to get – you know, we got it. We got our hero. Herky's our hero. We got a little off track there, but in an important okay. way. So now let's enter our villain, oh, yeah. um, the person you're championing, Jeff Webb. <laughs> so you kind of talked about him a little bit. I want to make the connection to Herky um, and then talk about, you know, just reemphasize what made him push this into the future. He worked for Herky, Lawrence Herkimer, for three years and then immediately started a rival company after learning the trades – Secrets. Uh, he went on to be a competitor immediately, and as you mentioned, you know he's 25 years younger than Herky. He's got you know a new vision, and it, you know cheerleading always everything needs to evolve. He needed to change it, and you made a great argument that he actually modernized cheerleading um, to the point that we know it today. Correct? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, he he felt like the NCA wasn't keeping up with the times and it was time to make cheerleading um, more athletic, more competitive, more interesting to watch. Um, and then when he brought it to a televised all, you know, audience through competitions, then, you know, you had to, in a two and a half minute routine, demonstrate, you know, the whole bang, right? So you had to demonstrate your tumbling, your pyramid building, your cheering, your chanting, you're dancing and you had to do all of this in a very well choreographed and difficult, um, you know, uh, routine. So he's definitely the person who introduced all wow. of that. And, you know, it's funny because as I was going through um, the, the stuff, you know, cause both of them had, you know, companies that made the accessories, you know, in a way it's really the camps were almost the commercial and the items, the accessories are really the money-making thing because they do everything for cheerleading. There's, there's actually in, in the book, you, you, you have an, an, a comedically long list of extraordinarily specific cheerleading outfits. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like a paragraph long. I don't recognize a single word in there. Uh, but I was like blown away by that and that it is so um, – uh, that th that it's almost militaristic the way people cheer or well and you also make a point there's also a very a racial shift um, on the different types of cheerleading but we're going to talk about competitive the types of competitive cheerleading is extraordinarily militaristic that everyone looks the same to the point where there is synthetic hair where you send in a sample of your hair and they create <laughs> the perfect cheerleading curl hair that you just attach like a toupee almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and because the whole idea is that you know you're you're a squad, right? So cheerleading is a team sport, so no individual needs to stand out, um, and so there's a real standardization to uniforms, um, which is you know they were brilliant with this, right? Because if your mom's making your uniform, your uniforms are not necessary, even if you're following the same simplicity mm -hmm. pattern, Different right? Skill levels. Your, you know, your, yes, your uniform, like my hem could be, you know, way too long and yours is too short. Whereas with the buying them from Herkimer and then Webb, um, you know, they're going to all be uniform, but it's not just the uniforms. It's, yes, it's, 
you know, fake hair and it's um, makeup, lipstick, it's, um, you know, glitter. socks, shoes, uh, glitter, yes, body yeah. glitter, um, yes, I'm lots sorry. of glitter. And so, yeah, and you're right, you're absolutely right. I mean, the camps are the marketing for all of the things that they sell. And they, not only do they sell uniforms, but they sell experiences. And so, you know, you get you get chosen at the cheerleading camp to go to March in the Macy's Day Parade, which is basically, you know, a trip that you are paying for and your travel agent is UCA, right, or varsity. And it is not cheap. Um, and they have that all over. I mean, they have them, you could go to, you know, some groups would go to Paris or, um, I mean, I think I went to Orlando for three Thanksgivings because my daughter was selected to march in the Thanksgiving parade at Disney World, right? Um, but but you're paying for this. This is so it's not just paying. It's not just uniforms and you know glitter, body glitter, but it's in camps. But it's also these kind of experiences, um, and they're they're the travel agent, right? They're a travel company. So yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Did you ever like have to borrow money for body glitter? Did body glitter ever put you guys into the? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's probably an extraordinary no. expense. No, we did not have to. And I, I will say, too, that um, the school cheerleading, so high school cheerleading and college cheerleading and junior high cheerleading, um, distinguishes itself from competitive cheerleading in ways, too. So there's even there's even hierarchy within cheerleading world. Right. So the competitive cheerleaders are the ones who use the body glitter, lots of makeup, and the fake hair. Um, so and and those competitions are separate too, by the way. So you you don't if you're a high school cheerleading squad and you're going to go to the national competition, you are not. It's not even at the same time as the competitive wow. only cheerleading competition. Very very different. Um, this is this is one heck of a world that I stumbled into. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot <laughs> going on here. So before we finish, you know, it's just the two of us here. Okay, it's just you and I. Okay. So right, we can yeah. both admit mm-hmm. that Herkimer and Jeff Webb were definitely rivals, whether they would admit it or not. <laughs> you and I can ad- agree to that, correct? I think that they, you could say that they were rivals. I don't think I would say they were enemies. Well, I said arch rivals. You're agreeing to that by saying rivals. Enemies, I never said, <laughs> but they were totally enemies. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Natalie Adams, the cheerleading cheerleader, uh, this has been an incredible uh, experience. Thanks for taking me down this rabbit hole. Well, thank you. It was it was fun talking to you, and um, I, will, I will look forward to uh, to hearing it. Well, thank you. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night.